electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to America. I'll be wondering, friends, I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate, teach you, put it in context. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. After brutal hammering last week, this market is back in rally mode. Setting into a solid rhythm where good news gets rewarded with higher prices, like the Dow gaining 332 points today. S&P climbing 1.09%. NASDAQ jumping 1.23%. Why not? That's what we want, isn't it? Straightforward moves based on how companies are actually doing. Not chaotic moves caused by short squeezes and rocket ship emojis. With the anger and frustration shell for a bit, isn't this a good moment to take stock? So with the big game coming up on Sunday, let's take inspiration from the NFL championship and set our lineups the same way the Chiefs and Buccaneers are setting up theirs. I cannot believe how much time I spend on this today. I mean, I was supposed to be recuperating. The hell with that. Stocks and sports go hand in hand. The disciplines dovetail almost perfectly, and the analogies are a great way to make the market more accessible to you, to all of us. And you know what? In my old hedge fund, this is what I used to do. I'd have people do stock market fantasy drafts where they'd have to explain to me why they like something in a few short sentences and why it belonged in our portfolio. I can't trade anymore, but boy, I can talk about stocks. So with that in mind, who are the dream team players we want to put on the field for Sunday's game? And what are their stock market equivalents? I'm going to stop for a second. I want you to write these down because I spent so much time in this darn thing. You got to remember these players. First, we need a quarterback. Patrick Mahomes might be the most electric player in the league, but you know what? I, I, I got to have the GOAT, greatest of all time, and that's Tom Brady, even if he's old enough to be Mahomes' father. If Tom Brady were a stock, well, you know what he'd be? He'd be Apple. I always say own Apple, don't trade it. And I bet the Patriots wish they listened to the fans who said the same thing about Brady before they let him become a free agent. Apple, like Brady, is the most consistent player in the game. Frankly, this isn't really an easy call, especially now that Apple's getting into the car business. I mean, look, look, I got got an Apple phone, I got Apple TV, Apple credit card. I want want an Apple car, too. What the hell? Next, we need a running back. Hard because of the Sunday's running backs. Eh, Someone who can give us first downs with consistency and limited risk, certainly more than the guys that are either on the Chiefs or the Bucs. I'm really looking for a tough, 
workmen like Pulverizer, who can still break through. And you know what that is? That's Nike. Fleet and sure-footed in any weather. It's a natural for the position. I know the stock seems stalled right now, but what does that mean for Nike? Stalled means five yards here, eight yards there, and then Nike breaks it wide open like it did last quarter. How about receivers? Always difficult. Who do we have who can make big plays and put a lot of points on the board and have excitement, but we really want money? We need three of them. Our number one guy, we call him our stud receiver, the most reliable in the field who will adapt and get open and catch. No kidding. I mean, like, really? Amazon. This stock was made for this position. If you throw the ball at Amazon, it, you know it'll be caught. Do I really care if Sandy Jassy in the field rather than Jeff Bezos? No. As long as Amazon has the retail moves and the web services brain, it can get into the end zone. Bye, bye, bye. Maybe multiple times, just as I expect Tyreek to do, too. Our second receiver, Sly, racking up yardage by being at the right place at the right time, which, of course, is Tesla. You, uh, yeah, you got that mercurial factor, mm, but that's practically a job requirement for wide receiver, isn't it? Can you imagine the defense having to cover both Tesla and Amazon? Impossible. How about the slot? I know, boring position, but sometimes the quarterback needs to dump the ball, and when that happens, you want someone who can move. Well, uh, I want Alphabet. And didn't the company formerly known as Google win your respect this week with that incredible quarter? Can you really keep that one out of the lineup? Alpha just quietly goes about catching. It's, it's doing its thing. It's in order of the game. Finally, who's our tight end? Now, the Chiefs' Travis Kelsey is one of the greatest tight ends of our time, and that's because he, he does more than just catch. He blocks. He, he reaches. He inspires. He's versatile. The stock market's equivalent of versatility is Microsoft. Azure's the hands. The operating system does the blocking. And LinkedIn's a spectacular catch in the corner. Now, we need to surround our skill players with behemoths, our line, arguably, I think, the most important part of a winning team. It all starts with the center. Remember, the center is the man who touches the ball more than anyone. So who does that? We need Walmart at center because more people go to Walmart than any other store. Perfect synergy, right? The stock's down way too much right now. So you're really getting a bargain. Buy, if there's buy, a takeaway of the one buy, that you should buy tomorrow off this, because, of course, it's Friday, not Sunday, I, I'm going to say it's Walmart. And then we need two guards, the brawlers. Tough and nasty. Guys who aren't afraid to get their hands dirty. I'm going to surprise you with these. First, I'm going to go with PayPal, which is more of a blocking and tackling company than people realize. It just happens to be sexy. And Disney. When the pandemic got vicious, Disney managed to pivot. They played hurt better than most players play healthy. Somehow, a business based on crowds and sports proved tough enough to become a finesse fiend at the right moment, thanks to Disney+. Plus. You want to run behind Disney for certain. As for PayPal, look at that thing up 7% today. After the quarter they reported last night, it's clear the company's finally hitting its stride. Huge volumes, huge new account growth, a tremendous willingness to adjust and embrace the rise of crypto. PayPal may be the most exciting financial company in the history of the game, but because it's still financial, it's playing in the interior line. Next, tackles have to find a way to stop the rush from the outside, make some room for our running backs to advance. Strength, speed, Maybe a chip on their shoulder. No, not chips. We're short those. Well, not really, but you get that point. I want Home Depot and I want Costco out there fighting for me. They're huge, yet play scrappy. Just last night, Costco delivered an extraordinary monthly sales number. The market yawned. I don't care. No one's getting past Costco. As for Home Depot, it's a bone crusher, and yet it's still nimble. I can see a running back following Home Depot all the way down to victory. We have to have a kicker, too, and we value consistency above all else with a kicker. And that means we're going to go with CMG, Chipotle, which just put up amazingly consistent results, even when its stores were closed. And it didn't matter. They found a way to get the ball between the uprights, no matter what. Sure, Chipotle didn't blow out the quarter, but that the last month of, the, of uh, January with the ones where they gave you on our show, that was the equivalent of a 62-yarder. Yes, I mean, come on. That stock has now bye, bye, paid bye. its penitence. Ka-ching. Bye, bye, bye.
Finally, our defense. Who plays defense better than Honeywell? Here's a company that reinvented itself as the first real industrial software player. It used to be housing, and it's got a lot, of, a lot of arrow. That's going to come back. But you know what? It is an industrial software company, and that's not an oxymoron. Its CEO, Darius Adamczyk, recognizing that it's not enough to stop the pass. He also needs to get to the quarterback. And that's where all of Honeywell's newfound logistics knowledge comes into play. It's how they can scheme a defense that the other team just can't even spot. So down. Breed confusion. Pick six. That's Honeywell. Now, I know there's been a lot of hand-wringing about the gamification of the stock market. Honestly, I have no idea what that means. The bottom line, the market's always been a game, albeit one with very real stakes. The name of the game is finding all-star companies that can handle all kinds of setbacks and still get you to the championship. These players can do that. GameStop can't, nor can AMC or Nokia or any of the other meme stocks. Those are for practice. This lineup's for posterity. Cynthia, Massachusetts. Cynthia. Hi, Jim. My question is about GlaxoSmithKline, GSK. I bought this as a vaccine and dividend play a couple months back, but with the earnings report coming in mixed earlier this week, it's been selling off pretty steadily. I, I, um, I'd love yeah, to hear yeah. your input on this. Should I, I didn't keep like it? it or? Um. I, I, I don't I, I there's no real edge. Maybe it can get a bit of news bump or something. But I mean, I've got unbelievable companies like Bristol Myers putting up amazing quarters today and the stock didn't go up. I would swap Glaxo for Bristol Myers right here, right now, without a problem. I need to go to William in Florida, please. William. Yes, sir. Mr. Kramer, thank you for taking my call. Of course. Yes, sir. Can you can you hear me? You sound better than ever, frankly. Yes, sir. My question. My question, my question is, I've followed FedEx for several months now. I've seen it move from the mid-100s to just over 300 in November. Um, where it seems to be hovering right now is around 240 to 250. After a strong quarter, Q2, with revenue up year over year, 18.7, beats on EPS by 20% and great quarter of the financials, where do you feel or what do you feel may be holding this stock down? And how do you feel I, I think, CEO, mayor? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. People still feel that uh, – the stock had a huge move, and it's been settling. I prefer United Parcel. Why do I say that? Because we had Kyle Tomei on. She told you it's a turning point. She told you that the revenue is going to get better. She told you you're going to make more money for a package. And yet the stock's only up 2 bucks. That's just moronic. I think what you do, I think you buy UPS, and then soon enough you'll say, I got the right one. Do we have time for one more? Can we go to Michael in Pennsylvania? Michael! Booyah, Jimmy Chill. This is Mike Deeds calling from the beautiful Westchester, Pennsylvania. Gorgeous. I remember I went out. I had a great day. What's going on, man? Hey, I noticed the other day you recommended Disney and Boeing as two of your reopening yes. stocks. Uh, with yes. the improving vaccine distribution and herd immunity right around the corner, I want to know when you will break free and buy Norwegian Cruise Lines. Well, I was talking to my uh, writing partner, Matt Horwing, today. Uh, this would have been three weeks ago last year. I was going to take a trip uh, cruise, and, and a Norwegian cruise, Frank Del Rio. Uh, I, I think it's happening. I think that the stock at 24, uh, 
you're going to be cruising again this time next year. I'll tell you what I would do. I'm going to give you two for I'd buy the stock, but I'd also book the cruise because it's going to be too late soon. People love the cruise. All right, guys, the name of the market game is finding all-star companies that you can put in your lineup that can handle setbacks and get you to the championship. I just gave you my all-star team. That's my fantasy football team. It's my fantasy team for posterity on Mad Money tonight. Can Clarks continue to clean up in this market? I'm going to sit down with the CEO after earnings. Then when it comes to the lifestyles of rich and famous, is it champagne wishes and SPAC dreams? I'm giving you my take. And an under-the-radar way to play the bull market in all things automotive. I'll reveal the company when I sit down with the CEO. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to Indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mad money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The consumer packaged good stocks They've gone out of style in the Wall Street fashion show. Take Clorox, one of my faves. This morning, they delivered an excellent beat and raise quarter. What happened? The stock plunged 6%. If you wanted to pick, you could argue that the raise guidance merely met expectations rather than exceeding them, but the gross margin actually under a little pressure. But that's not the issue. Clorox is widely seen as a COVID stock. And as more people get vaccinated, investors are losing interest. I disagree. I think the pandemic has permanently changed our hygiene habits. So let's take a closer look with Linda Rendell. She's the CEO of Clorox. Learn more about the quarter and our company's prospects. Ms. Rendell, welcome back to Mad Money. Great to be here, Jim. Thanks for having me. Linda, you got a tough one. 
Because you have to provide an encore to the greatest quarter that Clorox has ever had and to the greatest year. And I want to just existentially just for a second. Do you think that habits have changed to the point, particularly with the pandemic, that Clorox has become more integral in people's lives? And sure, you'll have a little bump here, but in the future, it's going to be just, let's just say, higher organic growth than we ever thought Clorox could generate. You know, our leading brands have played a big role in consumers' lives for over 100 years. And we're seeing that absolutely play out in the pandemic. And we're really pleased with the quarter that we had delivering 27% sales growth and double-digit growth in seven of 10 of the businesses. But you're absolutely right, Jim. We have our sights set on accelerating the growth in the long term, and we see tremendous opportunity to do that. We're seeing consumers change their behaviors, not only in cleaning and disinfecting, but in taking care of their home and wanting to have better in-home experiences. That certainly bodes well for our portfolio. Consumers are more broadly taking care of themselves from a health and wellness perspective, taking more vitamins, minerals, and supplements, and also drinking more water. And again, all things that we can help them do better uh, in the future. Well, let, let's talk about you brought up the vitamins and minerals. Uh, you on your conference call were not happy with the performance. You've called it uneven. Uh, I take all of yours. And, and I know from uh, your executive chairman, Ben Adora, I take them. I take them every single morning. I'm trying to figure out when they become more of a habit. And when people recognize that if you want to have great health, you should take one of these pills every single morning. But it seems to not resonate with everybody. What's going on? We are seeing it resonate broadly in the category, Jim. People are using vitamins, minerals, and supplements to take care of their overwell-being. And we're seeing that in pockets in our business as well. Overall, we're not where we need to be. We have our, our um, identified the problems. We know what we have to do. Uh, we have some small brands and some pretty small sub-segments of vitamins, minerals, and supplements. Um, and we feel good about the plans that we have going forward. But we see broad opportunity in this category over the long term, and that's why we're in it. All right, so let's talk about all the money you did make. And we know that there are some commodity crosses go, uh, going up. I, I cover all the plastic companies. But what I'm trying to figure out, and this is more my job than yours, Linda, I admit, but your stock really, when you look at the whole course of things, hasn't gone up nearly as much as I think it should have, given the fact that the change habits. What do you do about health and wellness? What do you do about a burst bees? What do you do about a Brita? Uh, 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 it just makes it so that, let's say, it, 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 they become... Four or five percent grow or some of these. I know burpees goes faster than that, but can you ever reaccelerate without a return of the pandemic? We think we can, and we think we can because we're focused on innovation and ways to help consumers as they have these new habits. So, in the case of cleaning and disinfecting, it might be obvious to people we expect to clean and disinfect more as we go forward, whether there's a pandemic or not. And we're working on innovation to help consumers do that better. We'll do the same in our food business as people prepare more meals at home, and we expect them to continue to do that. We're going to deliver innovation that helps delight them. Kingsford is a great example of this. We've seen increased purchases of grills by 15% over the last nine to 10 months. People are establishing new habits, and we're going to be there with better solutions in both charcoal and pellets to help delight them. I know in the conference call, you, uh, an analyst talked about, well, what you, maybe you should be bigger in China. You said, listen, we compete all over the world. And I love that. And I always uh, talk to your predecessor about the, the idea that the Clorox brand name, I think, is much bigger than Clorox, the stock. Uh, people trust the name Clorox is probably after this, the pandemic is over. It'll be probably a top 10 name in the world. Are there places where Clorox needs to plant the flag? Spend some money. You've got the money to make it so that everybody knows that it's not Procter. It's not Unilever. It's Clorox, Procter and Unilever. 
we do think the Clorox brand can play a much bigger role around the world for people and keeping them safe and well. And we're focused on just that. that. You know, we compete in over 100 countries today, but we have limited product lineups in many of those markets. And we're seeing the opportunity to expand businesses like Clorox disinfecting wipes that have played such a big role in the U.S. in fighting this pandemic and can play a great role in people's lives from a convenient cleaning solution and something that helps keep the bad germs away, even in just times of cold and flu. So we're absolutely focused on doing that. But Jim, we're focused on doing it in a disciplined way that adds value to our shareholders over the long term. Are there businesses that, frankly, uh, can't ever get the uh, return that you would like? When a new CEO comes in, you can uh, you have the luxury right now to take advantage and say, you know what? Bags and wraps. I don't know. Or a cat litter can't make it work. Or uh, do you want to take some action which just says we are going to swap out and swap in while I'm new? Because otherwise it's mine. I own it. And I don't know if I want to fix it. Well, I've been here for 18 years, so I feel like I own these already. Uh, But taking the helm as CEO, I've just had even more conviction in the portfolio that we have. You know, we have 91% household penetration. We have um, a a portfolio that more consumers deem as superior than ever have before. And these brands play a real role in people's lives. Um, And we really like brands that are number one and number two share in their categories. And we see opportunities in every one of those categories to grow them. Now, I have uh, so many of our uh, viewers in Clorox, and the main reason, candidly, is stability and dividend. You're going to continue, as I understand, of course, uh, board willing, the idea of returning that capital as a faithful for us, really a faithful servant to the shareholders of Clorox. Yeah, that's what we've always been about. You know, the very first thing we always want to do is invest in the business uh, because that allows us to deliver great shareholder return over time. But anytime we have excess cash, we want to return that to shareholders. And dividends has been a strong part of that uh, and something we plan to do well into the future. Well, that's why we like Clorox. Clorox offers us consistency. That's what many people should really want in the stock market. Not craziness. Linda Rendell, she's the CEO of Clorox. Linda, you are, you're in a tough spot, Linda Rendell, because you've got to deliver numbers that almost nobody can. But I bet you'll do it. Mad Money's back after the break. So, thank you so much for coming on Mad Money. Coming up. Should home gamers be getting behind the wheel of EV investments? Kramer revs up for another electric SPAC chat next. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. 
Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. I'm calling it. This market has jumped the shark. Oh, I'm talking about what's going on with these special purpose acquisition companies, SPACs for short. SPACs used to be boring. They'd raise some cash and use it to buy a series of small businesses in an overlooked industry. That's fine. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. It was rarely exciting. Roughly a year ago, though, they started merging with Red Hot Startups, basically creating a way for these coveted companies to come public backdoor without going through the IPO process. Since then, the SPAC cohort has been flooded with cash to the point of, frankly, absurdity. From the very beginning of the SPAC boom, there was always an undercurrent of crazy, wasn't there? I mean, one of the first big ones was Virgin Galactic. I know, made money. A space tourism company made money in the stock, not the company. Space tourism company that may be a decade away from uh, actually having a business. And then you had Nikola, the, the electric vehicle play with a stock that soared into the stratosphere. What we learned about what, I, I don't know, you call it fraud? That's the one where you took a video of their uh, truck rolling down a hill and docked it to make it look like it was actually running? Suboptimal. Since then, the pace of these SPAC deals has only increased. We've seen a ton of mergers with enticing electric vehicle startups, some of which are a lot better than others. There was a point where they fell public, but it never really bothered me because there's a good reason to be excited about these stories. And you can actually see that excitement represented by the moves in CNBC's two SPAC indices. The SPAC CNBC 50 index tracks the top 50 biggest SPACs before they formally announce the deal. And then the CNBC SPAC post deal index tracks SPACs after they have announced a deal. Our network will continue to monitor the space and bring you the latest developments. And of course, we're going to follow them on a substance side. So what makes me think that this whole special purpose acquisition vehicle, Edifice, has indeed jumped the shark? Like Fonzie and say season five of Happy Days? Simple. It's the celebrity SPAC plays that I'm all worried about. This trend started picking up steam over the summer when Billy Bean, the Oakland A's executive, who was played by Brad Pitt in Moneyball, joined a sports-focused SPAC called Red Mall Acquisition Corp. Uh, that might actually justify Billy Bean's a very smart guy. He practically reinvented the way baseball teams are run because he was the only manager who took Bill James seriously. Don't get me started on Bill James. Soon after, we got a SPAC from Gary Cohn, uh, Trump's former chief economic advisor. Again, just fine. Well, Cohn had a ton of experience at Goldman Sachs. And then we got one from Paul Ryan, uh, the former Speaker of the House. Uh, not exactly a business guy. And then they just keep coming. It's starting to feel like fantasy football, where investors aren't betting on companies. They're betting on players. It makes me feel like there's too much money going into these things and not enough real businesses that are worth buying with all that new money. Let me give you some examples. Okay, first I mentioned the sports celebrity SPACs. I mean, it's not just Billy Bean at Red Bull Acquisition, which raised $575 million in August and quickly moved to buy a stake in the Red Sox parent company. Last week, they struck out because they couldn't round up enough outside investors. Again, Bean's exactly who you'd want running a baseball team, but the whole thing's feeling gimmicky, isn't it? And that's the tip of the iceberg. Shaquille O'Neal, one of my faves, now attached to a showbiz SPAC, Forest Road Acquisition Corp., along with a bunch of Disney executives. Shaq's back. Of course, Shaq's a great business person. He joined the board of Papa John's two years ago, and stock has since doubled. Again, though, I don't know, gimmicky? You got a bunch of owners getting in on the SPAC action. Uh, Bill Foley, he, he owns the NHL's Las Ve- uh, the, the Vegas Knights. Uh, actually, he's got two of them, and they're already making deals. Ron Burkle, who uh, owns the Pittsburgh Penguins, he's got one. How about Vivek Ranadive? He owns the uh, Sacramento Kings. He's got one. Uh, Tillman Fertitta, he's on CNBC all the time. He, 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 he owns the Rockets. He has bought two companies public via SPAC. How about football? Terry Pergola. Hey, you know, owner of the Buffalo Bills. Hey, they almost went all the way. What I? He's got one. Uh, in politics, let's see, uh, you got the Cohen, you got the Ryan, like I mentioned. But there's also some smaller in November, former congressman and failed Democratic presidential candidate John Delaney filed to create one with Steve Case, the guy who co-founded AOL. 
how about this? You got a bunch of retired Trump officials getting in on the action. Former Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross, near billionaire octogenarian, really kind of famous for falling asleep in cabinet meetings. He's got a SPAC. Hey, by the way, he's even brought in my old co-anchor, Larry Kudlow, who simultaneously plans to host the show on Fox Business. Why not? When you're running a SPAC, you have all the time in the world. Everybody wants a piece of the action. Last month, there were a record 91 SPAC IPOs that raised nearly $23 billion. Well, that's sane, right? We've had so many of these deals that they're really running out of good names that convey even a veneer of legitimacy. We got SPACs named after popular shows on Netflix, Queen's Gambit Growth Capital. I know it's a chess opening. I still, it doesn't sit right. We've seen a bunch of space SPACs, maybe because they help generate rocket ship emojis on Reddit. Oh, I love those. They make me feel so warm. Um, Dennis Molenberg. Oh, there we go. Former CEO of Boeing. Maybe, I don't know, wouldn't call it a less than stellar track record. He just filed to create one. The guy who presided over the 737 MAX situation wants to get into space flight. Can't make this stuff up. Crazier than that. Uh, the SPACs seem to be selling on what I can only call trophy takeover targets. They, they want companies with sex appeal. And I don't mean uh, like Playboy. Although Playboy is actually coming public again via SPAC. Really, though, I mean, not so hot, not so hot business. It's hard for me on this one. To be flashy, Experience Investment Corp. is buying Blade, the New York-based company that bills itself as the Uber for helicopters. If that sounds like a dubious business model by you, well, you're not alone. Wall Street loves it, though, because that's the customer base. Meanwhile, Wheels Up, maybe the best-known brand in private aviation, is coming public via a merger with the aptly named Aspirational Consumer Lifestyles Corp. The company's still a money loser, even though with huge revenue growth thanks to COVID, taking a private plane has never been so attractive. But once the pandemic ends, this feels like a little like Blade minus the excitement. Finally, on Tuesday, we learned that Astra, Astra, a company that makes rockets, is merging with a SPAC called Holicity. Since then, Holicity stock has caught fire. Even though the story is so new that it's tough to judge, Astra expects just $4 million in revenues this year. And, well, they only made it into space for the first time two months ago. But space is so sexy. Do we really care? Bye, bye, bye. I bring this up because we're seeing more and more stories where a sexy startup merges with a SPAC, the stock catches fire, and then after the deal closes, it falls apart. Shift Technologies, an online used car retailer, Multiplan, a healthcare cost management play, Triteris, a blockchain trade finance company. Their stocks have all collapsed. I, I, I'm not, I, look, it's just too much, people. The bottom line, the SPAC cycle is starting to look like an IPO cycle. They give you the good merchandise early, like DraftKings, which you know I like, or the better EV players. But then they start peddling junk. These newer SPACs increasingly feel like an inside joke for the super rich and a way for celebrities to monetize their reputations. Believe me, you don't want to invest in someone else's inside joke. So please, 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 the way to prevent getting hurt, do homework on the people and if there are businesses before you go near these things. So far, most of these stocks are holding up. They've been great. But in the end, someone is going to be left holding the bag. And uh, believe me, it won't be the celebrity spackers. It'll be you. Let's go to Brian in New York. Brian. Booyah, Kramer. Hope you feel a lot better, man. I'm trying. Uh, I sure am, man. What's going on? What's going on? Uh, so this SPAC has had rumors floating around for a couple of weeks now regarding a potential merger with Lucent Motors. I need to know if it's going to the moon or if I should quit while I'm ahead. Churchill Capital, CCIV. 
Look, I, I have been a big fan of CCIB because I, th- I happen to like the, uh, this fellow client who's behind it. And I've, I've been a backer. I can't now step away. I don't know whether it's going to end up being with Lucid. I do think that the company has uh, – that's actually the makings of the kind of spec that I've been looking for. And that's why we profiled it so positively on a couple of occasions. All right, listen, this back cycle is starting to look like an IPO cycle, right? So please do your homework before you invest in these things. They're not all going to work out. What's more man money ahead? What's the outlook for the manufacturing sector in 2021? I'm sitting down with a man who knows, don't miss my exclusive, with Rockwell Automation. Then what does successful speculation really look like? I'm going to tell you how Plug Power and Tesla could offer some clues. And all your calls rapid fire tonight's edition of the Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer. Let's circle back to one of the hottest industrials of 2020 that's had a big pullback in the last couple of weeks. I'm talking about Rockwell Automation. It's a global leader in industrial automation and digital transformation. Here's a stock that climbed from $115 at the March lows all the way to $268 at the peak last month, thanks to surging demand for anything that could help desperate businesses go digital. Over the last two weeks, though, Rockwell stock has tumbled more than 10%, in part because all sorts of winners sold off to fuel that meme stock rally, but also because the company reported what people are calling a mixed quarter last Tuesday. These results are complicated. While Rockwell Automation sales came in weaker than expected, they also delivered a very big earnings beat, and management most importantly gave strong guidance. That's what I want to focus on. Plus, we know they've got a record backlog. It's up 20% year over year. So I'm inclined to see this dip as I do with many industrials right now, with the society opening again as a buying opportunity. Don't take it from me. Let's check in with, with Blake Murray. He's the CEO and chairman of Rockwell to get a better sense of what the company's up to. Blake, welcome to Mad Money. Hey, Jim, it's uh, great to be back and uh, great to have you back in the saddle. Oh, thank you, Blake. I really appreciate it. I like that upbeat attitude because it's, it dovetails with exactly what I'm seeing here, which is that you basically have called the bottom, uh, the bottom in the industrial cycle. And you are the most bullish about the industrial cycle of any CEO I have. So can you give me a reason why your optimism is going to turn out to be realism? Well, we saw it. We saw orders that were really broad based uh, across geographies and, and multiple business uh, uh, vertical industries that we serve in the last quarter. And while it's going to take a little bit to get it all shipped down, that gives us a lot of optimism for the future and for our role in it. But when I see it, I mean, there are diff- different industries that you're in that I know are problematic. For instance, oil and gas. I see oil and gas going up, but then I worry, geez, I don't know, can that sustain itself? I see uh, you're, you're doing some terrific business in semiconductors, but I see there's shortages in semiconductors. You've got food, food service. I like that. But then again, some of those industries are challenged. What do you do to be sure that your end markets, are, even if challenged, can still generate the kind of orders that you need? Well, uh, first of all, we have to be competitive in those end markets. And, uh, and second, they have to have strong secular drivers to fuel their own growth. And if there's anything that the pandemic has taught us is that people have focused on the basics. It's about food and clean water and medicine, safety. If you think about e-commerce as a way to protect safety and security through cybersecurity, we're positioned really well in all of those segments. Let's go over one that you just mentioned, because we had a Thermo Fisher on this uh, week, and it's such a great company. I think it's emblematic of the new kinds of customers you have there. They really are not just, uh, you're not a supplier, you're a partner. Tell us what you do for Thermo. 
So we really participate in a broad spectrum of uh, Thermo's production activities, and uh, we highlighted them in our last earnings release. We're very proud to be a part of their efforts to, uh, to battle the pandemic. And it's everything from the formulation of the, uh, the medicines to the packaging to ensuring that they uh, have uh, resilient cybersecurity practices in their operation. So it's across a, a broad section and our software offerings are particularly helpful here when we look at the track and trace requirements of that industry. I also like what you're doing in Kraft Heinz. There's a customer that needs Rockwell Automation's help. This is not a company that is, is putting robots on a factory floor making cars, but I think it's every bit as exciting and are very, under, very understandable to our viewers who want to own your stock, Blake. So talk about that one. Well, we've been a supplier of core automation components to Kraft Heinz for many, many years, going back to when I was a, a salesman a long time ago. But lately, they've been making some additional investments in agility and efficiency and protecting their uh, production assets through cybersecurity. And so we're able to provide help in terms of remote operations, remote management of their critical infrastructure like networks, as well as providing them cybersecurity and helping, continuing to help them with their basic automation through new technology. So it's the core that we've been providing for many years, but new ways to add value even for longtime customers. Well, I like that because that's recurring. I, I don't want one-off business. I want business that you get a contract and the business just keeps going on and on. That sounds like the kind of higher, higher uh, actually what I'm going to pay for, higher price earnings multiple for Rockwell Automation because you are not just one and done. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, big focus on uh, annual recurring revenue. We made it a part of the core set of incentive measures for employees and leaders so that they know this isn't a passing fad. This is going to be a big part of the future value that we provide for customers to have an ongoing reason for being there and adding value, as well as uh, for share owners. I am just kind of blown away. China, mass transit, EV, uh, water softener, all the things that we know China has tremendous demand for, and it's Rockwell Automation that's providing it. Yeah, China is an important part of our business. I will say we have a little bit of a later cycle business in China in that we have higher solutions content in China than in many of the other markets. We're providing engineered systems, and those tend to lag a recovery in terms of products coming first and then those engineered solutions coming a little later. But our value in China is deep and it goes across multiple industries. Like you said, an EV is a great example where even last quarter, we had a couple of nice wins as people are building their battery plants. We have great technology there, including the independent car technology we talked about last time. That was such a big part of our uh, win with the U.S. Navy. Well, I, look, I think your optimism is definitely warranted. Most people don't share it. I think they're going to be left behind. I think Rockwell Automation is a terrific way to be able to be involved in the new industrial revolution. That's Blake Moret. He's the chairman and CEO of Rockwell Automation, ROK. I like what he has to say. Blake, always great to have you on the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Man, money's back here for the break. Coming up. It is time. Kramer takes your calls. Rapid fire. The lightning round is next. It is time. 
And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski? That is up the lightning round. Quentin Myers with Jake in California. Jake. Jimmy Chill, long time listener, first yo, time yo. caller. Speak to as me. The world is forced away from the tr- as the world is forced away from the traditional workforce and employee staffing, I see a lot of room to grow in the freelance industry. Why pay an in-house graphic designer 60K a year when you can have a reliable service perform necessary projects for a fraction of the cost? I see a lot of room for growth, especially in Upwork's enterprise division, connecting with Fortune 500 and companies. And so do I, and that's why what I recommend the man stock, and I think it's a terrific idea. I am with our viewers. Now i am got to go do, uh, hey, let's go to Paul in Arizona. Paul. Hey, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Yo, yo, Paul. You're great staff. Of course. Thank- oh, the staff's unbelievable. Hey. Heather Gaines, right here. Uh, they yes, great. Yes, 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 yes. All right. Well, like this that. stock has advanced applications for markets such as aerospace, automotive, medical, and sports, and more. They had a good fourth quarter and growing in 2021. You've had them on your show before. What's your take on 3D Systems, DDD? It's back. 3D Systems, it's real. I mean, I spent a lot of time trying to debunk it last week when I was uh, flat on my side. That's what happens when you have back operation. And I couldn't. I couldn't. It's real. I was trying to see maybe HPQ. No, I think DDD is real, and I'm glad you brought it to our viewers' attention. I need to go to Spiro in New York. Spiro. Hey, Jimmy Kill. Man, I've been watching uh-huh. you for so long Kramer days. Hey, yeah, man. Larry's Everyone going I to, He's got a spackler. Right. Man, oh man, everyone I talk to is refinancing their mortgage. The slowest time of the year is their busiest time of the year. With one billion share buyback, shouldn't that knock the shorts off that short squeeze? Or will the anticipated IPO of Loan Depot keep up those shorts on Rocket Mortgage? Well, look, we're not playing that short squeeze game. That was a one and done. And uh, frankly, if you like, uh, if you like mortgages and you like Rocket, that's fine. Uh, but we certainly do never want to buy a stock because we think that the shorts are going to be on the run. Because a lot of companies, other than that Alpha GameStop, would just print new stock, a la AMC. So my take is Rocket's fine. Uh, it ran up a lot. It's fine. I wish I could be more positive. It's fine. Let's go to Antonio in Michigan. Antonio. Hey, thanks, Jim. Um, I've been following some SPACs for a few months now. And uh, one of them that I'm pretty excited about, and I'm wondering what your outlook is on this company, is uh, the biodegradable plastics maker, Danimer Scientific. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, uh, look, I am inclined to like this, uh, but so far there's never been a real successful biodegradable uh, that, that can scale. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why, oddly enough, that Dow Chemical continues to do so well. I think it's interesting, it's intriguing, but please, it is just a spec, no more than that. Eric in New Hampshire. Eric. Hey, Jim. How are you? Big birth of Booyah I'm good, you. Eric. From Gary and the boys. Thank you. Good. All I right. What's up? About Norton Life. I got a question about Norton Life. Um, I ran into a little sure, problem. I'm ready. All right. What? I was, uh, my accounts were compromised by a Google service provider. And I was curious if you okay. think they had the knowledge to be able to get me through this problem I'm going through about all my PCs well, being I, I don't know if that particular case, they did just report. They uh, 
They guided the earnings per share guidance is just uh, flat sequentially. This is what I predicted yesterday when I was on my actionlearnersplus.com uh, club call. I said, listen, don't buy this for the quarter, but it's for the franchise. And there are going to be people who say, listen, they don't have real growth in ARPU, so it'll go down. But I do like the franchise, and I think it's got a great brand name. I need to go to Ben in Texas. Ben. Kramer, how are you? Good to see you. Good to uh, talk to you. Well. I just want to know what your on? thoughts are. Wanted to know, what do you think of LHC Group? They've been around for a while, and they've had some good growth. How do you think they're gonna? Rural, how do you think they're gonna do? Rural, rural med, look, vertical barrel uh, medical benefit beneficiaries. You know, I always when I think about that, I always default to Centene. I know Centene, Michael Nardov has not done well right now, but it's a coiled spring at 12 times earnings, and I think that that is the one that I prefer when it comes to that kind of particular business. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, what does Elon Musk have in common with a quiet winner up in Albany? Kramer stares down the emotional market and gives timeless tips for how you can make the most of your mad money. Next. All right, what do you really dream of doing? When you buy stocks, are you trying to punish the hedge funds who drove down the stock of a store you wouldn't be caught dead in or a movie theater chain that can't fill its seats? Do you want to prove the market's totally fake by crushing short sellers on a platform that will cut you off the moment the action gets too volatile because their business model can't handle the business or the pressure? Hey, call me crazy. But I thought the goal of investing was to, uh, I don't know, how about make money? And that means you need to know how to speculate wisely, not recklessly. Unlike most people who bloviate about stocks for a living, I'm a huge believer in speculation. I think it's great as long as you're well-informed and you don't do it with borrowed money. We're not talking about gambling here. It's not roulette, not even blackjack. You find a big idea, some, something high risk, a high reward that doesn't get enough credit from the market, and you take it for a ride. There are two defined paths to successful speculation. Neither one looks like GameStop. Let's call them Tesla and Plug Power. We all know Tesla, Elon Musk's baby. With a stock that's up nearly 400% in the last year, I started pounding the table in this one nearly 800 points ago in November of 2019. Plug Power's got a lower profile. This is a hydrogen fuel cell play, Elon Musk doesn't believe in them, that's finally coming into its own. It's got a stock that's up five, let's see, 1,550% in the last year. 1,550%. We've had CEO Andy Marshall on the show three times over that period. These two executives couldn't be more different. Musk is a volatile character, but he's very charismatic in his own way. And more importantly, he's figured out a way to make great cars all over the world. Tesla now throws off tons of cash. And even with the recalls, they're still miles ahead of the competition. While Elon Musk is a showman, <sighs> Andy Marsh. Andy Marsh is a nerd. Yeah, Plug Power's not even a, in Silicon Valley. I mean, it, it, it's near Albany. Andy Marsh has been working there since 2008. Toiling, I guess is a better word. Before that, he spent nearly two decades on the tech side of the telco business, getting his start at the old Bell Labs, which then later became Lucid. The biggest difference, though, though Tesla's never had a problem generating hype, Plug Power was a perennial dog. I mean, it was just a complete bow wow. No one wanted to touch this thing. At least until last year. The company's been a consistent money loser because the technology behind green hydrogen was just too expensive, too impractical. Some would argue that's still the case. But you know what? 
They used to say the same thing about electric cars, didn't they? Tesla proved them wrong. Now Andy Marsh is trying to do the same thing for hydrogen fuel cells, and it's working. We've seen a big uptick in gross buildings revenue, and Plug Power is now building five new power plants in the U.S. just to keep up with the demand. Plus, one of South Korea's largest companies recently bought a $1.5 billion stake in the business and partnered with them on a plan to roll out hydrogen in South Korea, which is very committed to it. I believe in fuel cells because Andy Marsh has convinced me they're on their way to being economically viable, like cell phones ultimately came. And with Biden in the White House, I expect the government to aggressively back this form of the cleanest energy. Mostly, though, I like Plug Power because two of its biggest clients, Walmart and Amazon, are arguably more committed to fighting climate change than the government. And green hydrogen may be the best way for them to wean their trucks, and that's what it's really going to be useful, long-haul trucks, all fossil fuels. Now, here's the real trick. Plug Power's fuel cells aren't economically viable yet, except for forklifts. Most car companies aren't interested because it can't scale, at least not yet. But I think they're getting closer to a major inflection point. And yes, that matters. It's a mistake to speculate on stocks that you don't believe in, because without conviction, you'll get blown out every time you hit some turbulence. Sure, you can cynically gamble on meme stocks, but you have to be incredibly ruthless or else you end up riding GameStop all the way back down to 53. I'd much rather do the homework and find quality companies that are worth believing in. Because when there's a need, like the need for clean long-haul transport, then there's a way. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.